Hello, this is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU, by NKU, highlighting the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me as usual is my co-host, Clayton Castle. It's the last day of classes for the spring semester. We're using this opportunity to look back at a few of our favorite Norse Up Podcast moments from the past six months. What an exciting first year of the Northside Podcast. Can you believe it, Jude? We're here yeah. at the end of the school year. We started in October, and here we are. It's crazy. I mean, oh gosh. We've had a lot of great guests during some of the biggest moments in the university's history. As you know, I love sports. So it was a great honor to talk to Athletic Director Christina Roybal earlier this semester. We talked to her just a few weeks after our beloved Norse men's basketball team knocked off the Cincinnati Bearcats. Listen to what Christina had to say about that night at Truist Arena. So let's talk about one of your the biggest accomplishments or biggest moments, I guess, that, well, in my personal opinion, it's one of the biggest moments since you've been here, um, happened in November when the UC basketball team came in and they got um, a whooping by our NKU Norse <laughs> men's basketball team. And actually, I don't think a lot of people know, but actually the, both, I believe both the men and the women beat UC uh, this year. So what are some of your reflections from that night? You know, I've been, a, I was a student here and now I work here. I've never seen quite an atmosphere like that at, at Truist Arena that night. So what are some of your reflections from the night that, that we beat UC? Yeah, it was definitely electric. I am so proud of just everything that went into that night from the team playing aggressively from start to finish, from the staff that put so much time and energy into making this an entire fun atmosphere. I mean, just an electric atmosphere to the fact that we had more fans in gold than that were in red. That's amazing. Um, We were in a nearly sellout situation, um, but it was just the perfect environment. Everything kind of came together. I think when I reflect on what that means, um, I think it's a great indication not only for Northern Kentucky, but the region um, and nationally on just how great contenders we can be, and we are, and that we put on a stellar Division I environment program. Um, and then on top of that, it's just, it, it, it was a great opportunity to bring so many people into the truest arena to get an opportunity to see Northern Kentucky University. So we are the region's institution, and the adage is, you know, that that athletics is the front porch to the institution, and this was a clear, clear indication that that's exactly what it is. But it was an amazing night. Uh, to your point about seeing primarily black and gold in the crowd, I was here when we, in our first year Division One, we played West Virginia at, at Truist Arena. And it was about 90% West Virginia fans. So I think when you say that it was primarily black and gold fans, I was there and I, I was really impressed with the crowd and the fans. Um, and so I just want to, you know, hats off to the athletic staff yourself um, on, on such a fantastic night. Well, thank you. And thank you, honestly, to all of the fans, alumni, the young K-12 students that were in attendance. I mean, it was just amazing. So. Great stuff there from Christina. Jude, what was some of your favorite moments? Yeah, it, also, if you haven't, make sure you check out Clayton's cover feature on Christina Roybal in the latest issue of NKU Magazine, which is out now. One of my favorite episodes that we've done over the past couple of months is our National Poetry Month interview with Dr. Ernest Smith. He has such a wealth of great anecdotes about the power of poetry, but this closing story about running a poetry workshop for grade school kids really stuck with me. I used to volunteer in the grade schools and go in and run a poetry workshop for some multi-grade lower 
level Montessori grades, grades three through six. So we went in, ran a poetry workshop one year. We read some poems. We spoke them aloud as a group. We worked on writing our own poems. We looked at a short poem by Robert Frost about a dog. We wrote poems about our pets. I went back to the same classroom a year later. A lot of the same students. And they said, can we again recite that poem that begins, Life, Friends, is Boring, We Must Never Say So? <laughs> it's a sonnet by John Berryman. Uh, not a sonnet, but a dream song, close to a sonnet, 16-line poem. He published it in the 1960s. Students, grades three through six, remembered that poem a year later. It said something to them. It resonated in a way that stayed with them. It astonished me. They knew the poem a year later. We started reciting it, and they picked right up and knew many of the lines. Uh, I'll never forget that because it was a powerful testimony to the power of poetry, even in the lives of people that young. Unforgettable. Like I said before, amazing story there from Dr. Ernest Smith. Clayton, do you have any other anecdotes that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, that that was awesome, Jude. Uh, you talk about the wealth of great anecdotes that Dr. Ernest Smith gave. We have some people on campus with a, with a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. One thing many people didn't know before our podcast is that we have an on-campus food pantry called Fuel NKU. We had the coordinator of Fuel NKU, Nick Bliven, on to talk about exactly what Fuel NKU is and why it's important. Tell us first what Fuel NKU is. Sure. Great question, Clayton. So Fuel NKU is an on-campus food pantry. We like to say it's run by students for students, and it has a wonderful acronym, Fuel NKU, so Feeding the University and Enriching Lives. And can you tell me a little bit about the scope of what Fuel NKU does? Like how many students are you helping over you know, a specific period of time? and what sort of things are you helping them with? Sure, that's a great question, Jude. So so this semester, um, you know, we really like to think that it's been the uh, kind of the, the back to, to NKU. We had a little bit of or back to for the fall semester um, normalcy of some sorts. And, and so uh, we really wanted to hit the ground running this semester. Uh, we were open uh, four days a week. Uh, and we're serving about 700, 750 student visitors every week. Uh, students can come up to two times per week. And we can see that we're really, really um, seeing an increase in demand. Uh, the marketing for our um, food pantry has been really, really great. Uh, different areas of campus have been promoting us. And we, we've seen a huge increase, particularly in our first year students, uh, talk, talk to some of them. They said oh, our orientation, we couldn't hear nothing, you know, but great things about this, this resource for us on campus. And so, um, as I mentioned, yeah, so students can come two times per week and we do have, um, certain, uh, limitations depending on, uh, you know, what we have available, um, as, as a lot of places, right? The, the supply and demand is as you increase the, the um, demand and, and we're, our, we're doing our best with our supply as well. Yeah. And where do these supplies come from? Sure. So uh, we have a wonderful partnership with the Kroger Foundation and the Kroger Company in general. So um, 
about five years ago now, uh, in twenty so in twenty nineteen we started um, the partnership with with Kroger um, in our in our new space um, in the Albright Health Center, and so. With that partnership, we were able to, um, you know, have have a really a, a pretty state of the art food pantry for our students. We're able to offer refrigerated items, frozen items, uh, bread, as as Clayton mentioned, hygiene products as well, uh, which which we're trying to fill up that basic um, human necessities, not just when you think of you know, food, but then also making sure that you're able to, you know, clean yourself, you're able to wash your clothes, brush your teeth, different things like that. We want to make sure that's important. So Kroger um, has definitely uh, been, been a great resource for us over the last few years. Uh, beyond that, we, we also partner with uh, community resources that rescue food uh, from um Places that would have otherwise thrown it away. For example, La Soup um, is a fantastic organization in Cincinnati that um, rescues the uh, food that, that I mentioned would be going to waste and then they transform it into frozen soup and then they deliver it to, to nonprofits like us. Um, and, and we receive a weekly donation from them um, that's at no cost to us. In addition, um, the Free Store Food Bank is another great resource for us, dropping off weekly produce and other um, canned goods, basic necessities that we need. And then uh, Master Provisions, another um, organization went to earlier today where we're able to shop um, for, for food by the pound, um, and it's 15 cents a pound for, for nonprofits. That's very inexpensive. Um, and yet, like, for example, today I got uh, over a thousand pounds and it was $150. I mean, that's, you can't really, yeah. you know, quantify that. So there's a, a lot of uh, great resources and, and individuals as well, right? So not just the community, not just uh, businesses like Kroger, but then also um, faculty, staff, current students that want to support other students, um, churches, different, different organizations in, in the greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky region really want to support us. Um, and, and I appreciate that dearly. Thank you to Nick for coming on. We have a lot of great resources here on campus that people don't know about. Uh, for more information on what we have to offer, you can always visit nku.edu. Jude, back to you. So there were so many gems scattered throughout our interview with interim president Bonita Brown, but the part of the conversation I remember most was this story about the job interview that put her on the path from law to academia. And uh, the last time we spoke, you told me the story of how you initially applied for a job as an attorney and that application ended up sort of setting you on your current career path. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. It was a small, historically black college in North Carolina, Livingstone College. Uh, they had just hired their first female president uh, and I applied to be the attorney there and I walked into the room with the attorney, with the president. She had a large presence, just vibrant, big personality. And I interviewed for for the attorney position. She leaned back in her chair and she says, I'm not going to hire you for the president. I said, oh, wow, I must have really bombed that interview. And she said, I want you to be my assistant. And I looked at her. I was so puzzled. I was like, she does know I'm an attorney and not a secretary. And she just laughed. And she was like, no, the sister to the president is like my right hand person. She said, I see something in you that you could be a leader on this campus. And she hired me to be her assistant to the president. And I've just been in love with higher ed ever since. Yeah. And once again, such a great honor to be able to sit down in conversation with interim president Benita Brown, such a great person with so many great stories. Um, Clayton, we're down to our last pick for highlights of our first stretch of podcasts. 
What's your final selection? Uh, back to sports for me. One of the biggest moments of the past year happened in March when the NKU men's basketball team won its fourth Horizon League title uh, in seven years. Two days after the championship, I sat down with Trayvon Faulkner, a fifth-year senior on the Norse team this year. Here's part of our conversation. Conference champions for the third time in your career. How does it feel? No, I feel good. I feel um, very blessed. Um, can't really thank God enough for the uh, for the opportunity. I'm just very thankful. I love my teammates and my coaches and uh, the, the community and the NKU community. Just thankful for uh, everybody. Now, you were here the last time NKU played in the NCAA tournament in 2019. You guys lost to, I believe, Texas Tech, who ended mm-hmm. up being the runner-ups, I believe, in, yeah. the, in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. that year. Uh, you guys won the Horizon League tournament in 2020 as well, but the tournament was canceled due to COVID. How is this time around different than 2019 and 2020, and how is it the same? Uh, I would say the same, just um, the team that we have, just the um, relationships that we build on the team, and I think that was a big piece of the teams that have won um, 19 and uh, 20. The relationships was just really key. Um one thing that was different, I think, feels like um, me being one of the older guys and the younger guys looking up to me and just me being a vocal leader and trying to do anything to help our team win is really the um, main thing. And that's really different for me because on those teams, like I, I just really did my part and was listening to like the older guys that helped me and was showing me the way. So I think now um, I got to really be on this team and just show these young guys um, what it takes and what um, how it feels to win a championship. You know, NKU's gone to, or they've won the Horizon League tournament four times in seven years. Mm-hmm. Not seven years since being in the Horizon League, yeah. seven years since being eligible for championships <laughs> in Division One. Yeah. You know, a word that's being thrown, has been thrown around a lot in the last two or three days has been dynasty. Is NKU the next Horizon League dynasty? The next, you know, Butler had a huge run in, in this conference. What what does the program? What do you think? What does the program think about being a dynasty? Uh, I think that was just something that we we are wanting to keep going and, and keep keep this legacy going. Like the older guys that I had before, like Drew, he was a and Dantes Walton and Jalen Tate. Those are guys that really were here and they showed me the ropes on uh, how to continue this legacy. And uh, that's the really the main thing for me is just to really be able to. Um, come back for the fifth year and get a championship and continue that legacy and uh, put NKU on the map and on the notice because we are a, a great basketball team, great program, and our coaches and our, our fans, that's what we really, they love to see and we want we want to see. And it's just a blessing to be here and uh, we are thankful for the opportunity. Awesome stuff from Trayvon Faulkner. Jude, what about your last anecdote? So to close out this roundup of highlights, let's revisit our President's Day interview with History Department Chair Burke Miller, whose interview was full of surprising insight about the holiday. So many things I'd never really thought about before. Mm -hmm. I think this clip, which talks about how some of the specific details of the day formed, is particularly interesting. In the old days, the holiday would be on any given day, and all the businesses would close along with the federal offices. Well, when the Uniform Holiday Act passed and it went to Mondays, Businesses came up with this great idea. Let's put together a package of sales over the holiday weekend when people aren't working on Monday and get them to come out shopping. <laughs> so, in fact, if you Google President's Day today, the most, the most popular Google searches are for President's Day. You know, not what does it mean, not what presidents we're talking about. It's um, what's open, what offices mm-hmm. are open, and what sales, sales. are there. Yeah, yep. that's exactly right. <laughs> 
And that's really when it started entering in the in the common vernacular as President's Day and when most state most states now call it President's Day. You know, we have this holiday that even though it's not officially honoring two leaders, it's unofficially honoring two leaders who, you know, served at a pivotal point in our country's history. How are these two leaders similar and, you know, how may they differ in some ways? Great question. I mean, why is it that the only so Washington Day was the first federal holiday honoring a person? The the only one to come since then was obviously the Martin Luther King Day. But yeah, why Washington and Lincoln? Why do they get so much attention? In fact, if we were to add a th- and in most rankings of the presidents, in in most ranking of the presidents, Washington and and Lincoln are first and second. If you start moving down, most of the time third. It it varies, but you'll often get FDR. So are these the three best presidents? Are they the three presidents who were in office at the time of our greatest national threats? Um, you know, Washington starting the country, establishing national authority, Lincoln reestablishing and reaffirming uh, the Union and national authority, and then FDR, World War II, and the Great Depression. So, you know, um, someone once asked, are these men, are these people great or have they had greatness thrust upon yeah. them? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure we know the answer. What did the two men share in common? Well, I think what they both shared was a belief that of the sanctity of what we call America today, the United States today, that national authority, that we are one united country and nothing should be able to come in between that. All right. So that does it for our six picks for our favorite podcast moments of the past six months. Clayton, do you want to close it out? This has been an awesome episode. We had talked for weeks about doing a best of episode. We are at 22 episodes. We've had 22 great guests with the exception of winter break, Jude. I don't think we took a break all semester. Yeah, we've been really grinding this out (laughs) and we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Uh, This isn't the end of the podcast. We have incredible guests lined up for you throughout May and even through the summer, June and July. So be on lookout for that. Uh, Before we end, uh, we do want to thank a few people for supporting the podcast. Um, as we've said before, the podcast is a service of NKU Magazine. So Jane Morris is the editor of NKU Magazine. We actually had her on the podcast <laughs> earlier this semester. So thank you for her support. Um, Thomas Ramstetter, Director of University Communications. Sarah Weiss-Courtney, Associate Vice President of uh, Marketing Communications. And the head of the Advancement Division, um, Eric Gentry. So thank you to everyone who supported the podcast. Thank you. Uh, for listening to the podcast and making this all possible. Um, As of this recording, we're at about 750,000 listens of the podcast, which is great for 22 episodes in six months. So thank you all for supporting and for listening. As always, you can follow the podcast on NKU Magazine's Twitter page, at NKU Magazine, or on the the podcast page on NKU's website, nku.edu. That does it for us. Um, As always, Norse up, and we're going to leave you with a clip from um, Interim President Bonita Brown on what she envisions for the future of NKU. So now that you're in the president's chair, what is your vision for NKU during this moment in time, this period of time where you will be uh, interim president? That's a very good question that I think about every day. Um, Again, we're we're in transition. Uh, We have fiscal concerns. 
We're facing an enrollment challenge at the same time. So it may not be the, the prettiest backdrop, but I also say in those times, it's opportunity. There's time you can, there are things you can do in that time and space. And so as I've been speaking with everyone about campus, uh, I focus on three things. Uh, one is stabilization. Again, we have to get our budget in alignment uh, by stabilizing. I'm also saying we have to look at our processes, our procedures, uh, just how we do things, process mapping, because I think uh, processes have grown up over the years and we just haven't really reviewed them again. I think now is the time to do that. So stabilization is key for me. Uh, I think the second one is community. Because of COVID, uh, it's still around, but we really went through a lot with COVID. I don't think we realized how much we really went, went through. And I think our sense of community uh, has been challenged. That combined with the fact that we have so many new people on campus, we just don't have that community. So I want to look for ways to build community. So I'm working with Staff Congress. I've spoken about faculty center about it, the deans. We want to figure out what we can do to try to rebuild that sense of community across campus. And then final, finally, the one that will always be there is student success. We have to stay focused on why we're here. We have to be focused on providing the best education uh, and experiences for our students so that they can continue to be successful. So I think those three things are uh, what I plan to focus on. And then, of course, you know, you just have to handle what comes in day to day, which, again, makes this an interesting position because you never know what's going to come in the door from day to day. If you can give one message to the NKU campus community, faculty, staff, students, parents, alumni and friends, what would that message be? I would say that NKU is your regional university. We are here for this community. Uh, we are here to support your students, to educate the workforce, to partner with the businesses, to provide entertainment, athletic events. We are the university of this region, and I want people to think about us, to remember us, to support us, and celebrate us as we continue on this journey. <laughs>